0: Listen, join us for and ring Ringback Tone while your party is reached. Hey everybody, <laughs> you're listening to the American Vulture Radio Hour. My name is Clark Bishop and I'm here with my lifelong friend and Montana, Arth- Montana author, <laughs> Tess Falgren. It's a little Hi. different than normal. Uh, she's here via phone. She's over in Missoula. Uh, today is, uh, I think, Sunday, January 20th? First. 21st. 21st. And uh, Tess will be reading uh, something that she wrote. It's actually, uh, I believe, your um, graduate school entrance essay.
1: Yeah, it was part of my writing sample for when I applied to grad school last month.
0: Awesome. Well, I will yeah. stop talking and uh, yeah. go ahead.
1: Okay. This is called Natural Force of Separation. Um, and I wrote it in summer of 2017. Okay. Deep within the mountains of western Montana, two tectonic plates push against each other. In each one's attempt to move toward the other, immense pressure builds in the boundary along the two. They are a part of the Lewis and Clark fault zone, a quiet but active fault running just south of the isolated town of Lincoln, Montana. Enormous force results in enormous pressure, and as the two massive pieces of earth move against each other, immobile tension is built in the strain. In hour west in Missoula, Montana, blush-cast mountains dominate the windows. I'm scooping ice cream for a happy stream of sun-drenched customers. After dark, pale moths crowd against neon reflections on the glass above me. We close up shop and convene to count tips and clock out. A coworker, Kara, discovers a stream of ominous texts on her phone. Hey, something happened. I'm okay and you're okay. But just call me when you're off work i tell her to go make the call five years ago i'd gotten something similar from my dad call me dear i did like he said and spent the next week watching leaves spin on the trees from my apartment rooftop perch shocked that my friend could be gone gone actually truly gone i tell the other girls that she'd gotten some bad news as i try to piece together a plan to get her home safely Our manager stands with her phone in hand, trying to think of someone from Kara's life to contact. We both feel a need to take charge, but our coworker relationships are still thin. We don't even know where each other live or with whom. When Kara emerges from the back room, her face is red, but she's no longer crying. I'm struck by the image of grief. It looks like anyone at all. Our bones don't melt, we remember to walk. When I tell her I'm going to drive her home, she refuses my offer. With a thick voice and her eyes on the ground, she says, Thank you, but really, I'm fine. Should I fight her? Follow her to her car? Get into the driver's seat? After she's gone, the other girls tell me that Kara's friend killed himself. Whole story, that's it. Nothing else to know. The information isn't ours to have. When my friend died, I sunk in silence into a bare air mattress in my living room. August heat heavy upon me. I thought about his final minutes. Could I guess what song played on his car stereo while driving up that mountain? My own solitude was insult as I took it to mean my friends didn't care, but when they showed up at my door, I only wanted them gone. A coworker gives me a ride home. On the way I tell her I'd gone through something similar. I want her to stop saying, wow, as if she almost wishes she could relate. Matt is sitting in his blue armchair when I get home. He asks about my night. It was really bad, I say. I'm going to cry about it, and I do. There's something dramatic and immature in the grief I still carry. I'm almost ashamed. Other people from his life may not know how much I cared about him. He had a girlfriend and a couple girls who he wanted to be his girlfriends. He was often rude. Once at a party, he pulled the hood on my sweatshirt up over my head, then down over my face and still further down until I was on the floor and he was laughing. I was, I was laughing too, but he almost got punched for that. His last text to me was, hey, poop stick. While still in high school, a girl he'd loved was killed in an accident in Seattle. We sat in his parked car outside the dark golf course, and in the blue light from his stereo, he cried. His large knuckled hand lay sadly on the console as if abandoned, so I took it in mine. Another night, we wrapped ourselves in blankets to sit on the hood of his car. He named a star after us. It was too much. These are the ripples of the world when a life blips out, the waves of a memory crashing through. We depend on, even expect, a person's desire to remain alive. And as the idea of suicide builds in their mind, the absence of that desire and our dependence on it operate in opposition to one another. Unseen tension builds, potential energy mounts, stress builds in the boundary between the individuals with blips of warning along the way, foreshocks before the massive quake, or no warnings at all. Matt is sunburnt from 4th of July on the river. So when I'm done crying, I convince him to lie on his belly and, I, and let me rub his back with oil. Ooh. Our, we're in our bedroom and it's quiet with a light breeze coming in through the open window. I rest in the emotional hollow that follows a deep cry and follow the hair on his back with my palm, smoothing the cooling oil across his burnt skin. At exactly 30 minutes after midnight, the seismic tension south of Lincoln slips pushing waves to ripple through the mountains for hundreds of miles. Our window shade taps the glass in rhythm, tink, 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 and the walls move gently back and forth. A giant hand is on our roof, pushing and pulling, the house only as sturdy as a bunk bed. The room shakes until it doesn't, and Matt turns, excited as a little boy. Was that an earthquake? I reach for my phone, but even moving that quick, I still wasn't the first of my Facebook friends to post what I'd felt next i google earthquakes in montana this was my first but i'm surprised to see on a site that monitors quakes a long list of very recent events they apparently occur at an average rate of seven to ten earthquakes a day but without proper equipment they are almost always undetectable five years ago it hadn't taken long for me to search for news of his accident online there was a series of photos of his suv he was so proud of it smashed into trees 70 feet below a cliff those pictures seem to be gone now, just one of many images found online of a vehicle crinkled like a soda can. Consider how many of them Consider how many of them have bodies inside, bodies that used to hold people and love people and had mouths that talked shit and smoked weed in the backseat the first time you got drunk. We are imperfect, and then we die. Because I have mutual friends with Kara, I text my girlfriends to warn them that someone we know may have died. Died. universal life-ending term. We don't say commit suicide anymore. We no longer sentence the deceased to an eternity of condemnation as someone who committed an act. Killed himself is too graphic to drop on someone. We say he died as if it were mere happenstance that his life ended on that date in that way. It It is an injustice, of course. If I could say he drove off a mountain on purpose to every person, perhaps I could spread my grief around and wouldn't have to hold on to all of it. That's selfish. If I could tell everyone he suffered, he died, he did it to himself because it was the only thing he hadn't tried. It could be for him. Maybe he'd get recognition, though long after the fact and only from strangers. Maybe in that reflected pain, his would matter. But no, we say he died and let their questions die in their teeth. Earthquakes have one of three types of motion. Plates extend, slide past one another, or contract. If the surface of a sphere moves, it must correct itself in order to maintain shape. The shape of the earth keeps itself in motion. Montana is extending. The Lincoln quake was driven by the natural force of separation. The two plates in question were oriented so that when they were driven to extend, they slid past one another. Tension built and released. In the morning, Helysia tells me that a boy she'd known in high school died the night of the earthquake, too. Their schools had a partnership. His was on the Blackfeet Reservation, and on the anniversary of the Marias Massacre, their schools would come together to honor the dead, pray, and eat fry bread. This boy she knew eventually came to Missoula, and in random, strange ways, their paths occasionally crossed. The news of his death causes her earth to tremble, but not to split. Her friend has no online relationship with Kara, so I assume he is not the same one she learned about that night. There's no reason to believe Felicia's friend had taken his own life, but I assume it anyway. Young people seem to die in very few ways, car accidents, suicide, or substance abuse. In her attempt to learn what happened, Felicia unearthed photos from his online profile, selfies of a smooth-faced Native boy with a pistol in his mouth. Suicide is shameful in a way that can erase you. I've researched deaths in Missoula for the night of the earthquake and no young people can be found. We know that there were two in the area, Kara's friend and Halicia's, but their obituaries don't exist. Without direct involvement, they are almost always undetectable. I don't know for a fact that my friend meant to kill himself, though that is what his family told my dad. Their circumstances, the circumstances of his death are easy to see as an accident, So they kept the truth a secret, chalked it up to reckless driving, and now you can find his obituary. There's even a scholarship named after him. If you die the right way, people celebrate the life of you. I read how the earthquake sloshed hot oil from the fryer in the Lincoln bar and threw bottles of liquor from the walls. An elk mount tumbled onto an empty bed, spearing the exact place where a couple would normally have been sleeping. Missoula felt a lesser shock. Even so, weeks later, we still swapped stories in the street. Many seemed to have thought it was a ghost or a cat, or slept through the whole thing. One person's first thought was that construction workers had come to take the house away. It was as if the earthquake became a proxy for whatever fear. fear. Sorry, I'm going to say that sentence again. It was as if the earthquake became a proxy for whatever fear we held inside us. My mom thought a man had sat on the edge of her hotel room bed. When my friend died, I called his best friend to tell him. Our relationship was fraught, they all were. We'd spent years torching each other's lives. He didn't believe me and called our friend's phone again and again. I admit, so did I. That same day, I called someone else who knew him, crying as I broke the news. He was silent. It's just that he finally said, I didn't really know him, you know. His world barely shivered. Our first attempts at logic fall short is the neighbor trying to break in? In the inky night, the ground shifting made fantasy novels seem possible. This world is not what we have always trusted. Even I thought for the briefest moment, is this how it always feels and I'm only just now noticing? In the case of an earthquake, reality is more comforting than our guesses, if slightly disappointing. With death, the reality is what we try to avoid. There's strength in our ability to believe, to believe the lies we tell ourselves Lean into the comfort. Tell yourself you did your best. Tell yourself that having answered his last missed phone call would have changed nothing. Chalk it up to the natural force of separation. Remember his oddly domed chest and move on. That's it.
0: Jesus. That was great, (laughs) Tess. really intense <laughs> yeah. yeah it was <laughs> um where uh, you you have uh your own podcast are you are you still doing that or
1: yeah well um because i so i did the first season last winter and then i'm taking i took a big break because i just didn't have time um but now i'm hoping i can get back into it so season two of folks um it's called Folks, a Montana Podcast. Hmm. And it's about people, Montana people in Montana history. Um, up until now, it's been mostly women. But I'm kind of expanding to women, people of color, just like under underheard <laughs> underheard stories. That's not really a good word. But.
0: Cool. And that's at uh, folkspodcast.com, right?
1: Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Well, soundcloud.com slash folkspodcast.
0: Okay. Do you have mm-hmm. any... Uh, any speaking engagements or any
1: no or anything I'm coming I'm Pretty up? low key lately, but I do have Brian, my zine. Oh yeah, yeah. How's so that Brian coming? is gonna be. It's awesome. The first the first what the first one was fantastic. I just loved it. Um, and the second one, I think it'll come out sometime in February, and I'll have that up on my website. So tessfalgren.com is my website and I put stuff for Brian and folks up on that too. So um that's a good way to keep up.
0: Cool. Yeah, and that's uh f a h l g r e n for anyone yes. who does not know.
1: show thing.
0: Um d- is there any other stuff that you're doing? Let me
1: think. Um
0: you're in the art I'm mobile. Not... You can talk about I'm the, in art, in the mobile art mobile. If you want.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the art mobile. Yeah. So um, I drive a van full of art to schools and then I set the art up and I talk about it and then I give art lessons and it's pretty fun and weird. And um, so like this week I'm leaving on Monday. I'll be in Cascade, Montana, um, Montana City, a couple other places. I like, can't even remember. It's so normal for me now. But um yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's and so it, cool. it, I mean, yeah, if you want to follow that too, we have a Facebook and an Instagram and it's um, easy to find. The Mobile of Montana.
0: Cool. Tell me about the importance of art in uh, public education.
1: An art teacher is like teaching creativity, which you can use in math and engineering and like business. Like you have to learn how to be creative. You have to be taught that it's good to think creatively and you don't do that in many classes you do that in art you know yeah that's and that's also it just teaches self-confidence and comfort you know like if you're having a shitty home life and then you have a classroom where you can just go in and talk to your friends and like relax true. like yeah. that is really 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 good for kids
0: Yeah. it's really good for anyone yeah that, that, um, that's true unless unless you're teacher uh it's just like, what the hell is this? Your sister was a way better painter than you are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that what happened to you?
0: Yeah. To you? <laughs> I was like, I f- this. I've never taken an art class, and I dropped it. Yeah. Never took one. <laughs> mhm. Ha- mhm. That's good. Thanks
1: for ha- thanks for having me.
0: Of course, Tess. Thanks for being Buddy. on. Yeah. Bud. Thanks.
1: This is
0: fun. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Okay. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye.